Hello and welcome back to episode 44 of Box Score. I am your host, Alex, filling in for Brad this week, who currently found himself down in a hurricane in Florida. He is doing fine. He's just given me the opportunity to fill in this week just because, obviously, we want to keep consistency going here. If you don't know who I am, I used to co-host the show with Brad, but that's enough about me. I'm just going to jump right into what we're going over this week. We have the NFL Week 3 recap. We're going to go over the college football top 10, some key matchups for this weekend in college football, the Week 4 NFL preview got some other stuff and then we'll close out with the fast break to kick you off into the weekend so just with all that being said sit back relax and enjoy the show All right, here we are, man. I am impressed. Uh, I just want to start this episode by saying, like, Brad has been killing it. 44 episodes, that's three times more than him and I ever achieved together. Um, I wish I was more involved with it, but I just don't have the time to give him that weekly commitment, uh, at least for the amount of time it requires. But, you know, he's been doing great. I've been listening to the shows. He's got a lot of a lot of good takes, a lot of takes I don't necessarily agree with, and, you know, Hopefully I can uh, educate you a little bit this week. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just messing with you guys. But uh, I already mentioned in the intro, this is what we're going to be going over. So let's just hop right into it. The NFL Week 3 recap. I'm just going to go over some scores. Actually, I'm just going to go over all the scores. I'll throw in my comments here and there, and then we'll move on and talk about all the other good stuff we have going on this week. I'll keep it short, keep it concise, keep it flowing with what Brad's already got working here. I don't want to disrupt his show any more than I already am. So here we go. Uh NFL week three, the week started with Pittsburgh going into Cleveland. I'm pretty sure uh, Brad already talked about this game. Cleveland won that 29 to 17, a little bit of a surprising score, but we all know that the Steelers offense is struggling this year. Uh, starting off with Sunday, we had Detroit going to Minnesota. Minnesota won. Detroit really lost that game in the most Detroit way possible, 28 to 24. Indianapolis with the surprise upset over Kansas City, 20 to 17. If you guys didn't catch that game, there was a questionable call on offensive or not offensive interference. Sorry, um, unsportsmanlike conduct for abusive language. I thought that was pretty interesting. Hadn't heard that one before. Then we had Baltimore beating on New England, 37 to 26. Lamar Jackson looks like a true MVP candidate this year and then you had Carolina getting their first win of the season over New Orleans uh team's still struggling with Baker but good on them Chicago beat Houston in Chicago Lovey Smith could not get his revenge game Buffalo and Miami had some scary moments but some low scoring moments too uh 21 to 19 surprising game and Ken Dorsey lost his shit if you didn't see it Cincinnati won in New York over the Jets, 27-12, first win of the season. Tennessee won against Las Vegas, who has been struggling this year, 24-22. Philadelphia, 24 over Washington, 8. Philly has looked like a true contender this year. Jacksonville stomped out the Chargers, 38-10. Green Bay and Tom Brady going head-to-head, 14-12. Aaron Rodgers dethrones the GOAT. Just kidding. Uh, the Rams over the Cardinals 20 to 12 Atlanta got their first one of the season over Seattle 27 to 23 and Denver and San Francisco had one of the most boring Sunday night football games 11 to 10 to Denver and then to wrap the week off we had Dallas and Cooper Cush extending his streak 2 and 0 23 to 16 over the Giants it was a pretty interesting week there were a lot of cool games, a lot of surprising outcomes. It was probably the first week so far this year where I, I picked like I normally do, which is not good. 
Uh, I was just bragging the week before too, so that that generally happens. Once you get that big ego, big head, you think you know it all, and then uh, the NFL humbles you. That's for sure. Um, a few things I pointed out there I already mentioned. Uh, Cooper Roshman, Central Michigan guy who was a backup, came into Dallas and just stepped up when Dak went down. I will say Dallas has seemingly always had a pretty decent backup. Uh, before him, it was that Nick. Oh, I always forget his name. He was out of Penn State, if I remember correctly. Nick something started with a D. Um, he had a bigger nose. I remembered that. And then, uh, before him, I think it was, uh, Kellen Moore behind Tony Romo. If I remember correctly, it could be, could be misspoken there, but they just always seem to have a decent backup quarterback situation. So I hate Dallas. That's just a personal opinion. We'll see if that continues going into this week. Uh, but I, I don't care. Um, some other points to mention there, Las Vegas came in with high expectations. They're Owen three right now. That's pretty, uh, sad, frankly. Um, Indy finally is getting on track, it seems like, but they have another challenge this week to prove themselves to see if they're actually any good with Tennessee coming to town, but we'll get to that later. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I already briefly mentioned it. Detroit lost in the most Detroit way possible. Um, if you guys are a Detroit fan, I think you can see that the fans are starting to lose hope. Um, personal opinion i think detroit fans generally lose hope quicker than other fans just because they're kind of over it i hope that isn't the case but i will say campbell has made some poor decisions this year to cost us games um and that can't continue if you want to make this a real team but i will uh uh digress i will not continue talking about lions this is not a lions podcast that was just personal opinion as a lions fan uh, other than that, that was really it for week three. Nothing too crazy coming out of there. Your scores, your outcomes, everything's kind of starting to take shape. Week four is when you really get a good idea of what these teams are. So this coming weekend, we'll actually be able to have some a good sample size to say, you know what, these are, these are real teams. These are fakers. We'll get a good idea of the league. Um, other than that, let's just hop into some college football. Uh, I'm not going to go over last week's games. Nothing too incredible to stand out. Um, I'm just going to go over the top 10. Uh, I'm sure you guys have already seen it, but in case you didn't, top five has not changed. You still have your Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. But behind that, six through 10, we had some changes. USC went up a spot to six, Kentucky up to seven, Tennessee up three spots to eight, Oklahoma State stayed put at nine. And then to cap off the top 10, you have North Carolina State who moved up two spots. And uh, yeah, that's that's your top 10, but there could be some shakeups this weekend. Uh, a couple games you want to point out. This is like the first college football weekend where we actually have games that are interesting to watch, maybe two every couple hours. Um, usually they have like one or one game every uh, slot. So like your noon game, there's one good game to watch. Your 325 game, there's one good game to watch. And then, of course, there's that 730 game to wrap up the night. Um, but I have, I have five games here. I'm sorry, six games here I want to pull up. Um, ones to keep your eyes out for. There's one I kind of have a hot take as a Michigan fan. Uh, you have Michigan going into Iowa. Michigan's currently favored by 11. The last time we saw these two teams go at it, uh, Michigan dominated 42-3. to That was in the Big Ten Championship last year. I don't think that's going to be a repeat this year just based off of Michigan's uh, offensive performance last weekend against Maryland. We'll see how that goes. And one other interesting fact is this is Michigan's uh, – if Michigan can win this game, it'd be the first time since 2005. I know last year they broke their record for the first time in Wisconsin in 20-something years, 20-plus years. Um, I'm sure they're looking to exercise their demons this week in Iowa. 
Uh, they seem to play their worst when they're there. So we'll see how that goes. Following that, we have our number seven, Kentucky, going to Mississippi. Uh, that's an only an interesting game because Kentucky's been kind of a team that I don't think has been a surprise for people just because Will Levis is probably the third-ranked prospect going into the draft next year behind C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, he seems to be a good quarterback, and, you know, they already beat Florida in Florida this year, so let's see if they can keep that trend going up against SEC teams in Mississippi. Um, following that, you have Wake Forest going to Florida State. A little bit of a controversy here. Uh, Wake Forest coach Dave Clawson does not really agree with the fact that Florida State still wants to play in, Florida, in Tallahassee this weekend with Hurricane Ian going on. He's concerned about player safety. I'm not sure if there's been any updates since I read that yesterday, but if there are, that it would probably be why. Um, following that at 3.30, we have Alabama going into Arkansas. Arkansas was a team that everybody was kind of hype on last year defensively, um, and then Georgia came in and ruined their dreams. I think Alabama's probably going to do the same thing this year to them. Um, if you're a Razorbacks fan, I'm sorry, but that's just how it goes when you play these powerhouse schools. Following that, you have Oklahoma State going into Baylor. Personal opinion here, Oklahoma State is one of my favorite colleges outside of Michigan. Oklahoma State has given Detroit sports some of the best some of the best prospects, some of the best players in history. Uh, let's point at Barry Sanders to start. Uh, this year, they gave us Malcolm Rodriguez. Last year, Cade Cunningham for the Pistons. I think every Detroit sports team should draft at least one Oklahoma State Cowboy every year, but that's just personal opinion. So with my bias, despite Baylor being favored by two and a half, I think Oklahoma State will probably win that game. But again, I'm biased. Don't bet on it. Don't take my bets. One other interesting game that I could see a shakeup on is North Carolina State going into Clemson. That's 10 versus 5 if you weren't keeping track. Clemson is currently favored to win by 7, but honestly, North Carolina State has had this regime for a while. They have a culture. They know what they need to do. And frankly, Clemson's just not the same Clemson we're used to. They kind of fell out of relevancy last year. Um, this is... This is their five right now because they have Dabo Sweeney. That let's be honest, it's Clemson and it's Dabo. Um, this isn't T Law's uh, championship team. Uh, I can't pronounce the quarterback's name. I'm just not convinced that Clemson is that juggernaut or powerhouse they usually are, and they are a team that could definitely be beat. Um, so that's a game to keep your eye out for. Again, I am no professional, so don't take my picks to heart. Uh, if you want to bet on games, don't take my picks because let me tell you, last week I was not looking good. But that's all I have for this week in college football. Some interesting matchups. I think we're finally out of those cupcake, cupcake matches, and we're going to start seeing these competitive games where teams are going head-to-head. -head. You're actually interested. Of course, there's so many other colleges, so many other teams to root for, so many other teams to watch this weekend. Those are just your top 25. And, of course, my Michigan bias brought in that Big Ten matchup as well. Uh, moving on from there, we have the Week 4 preview for the NFL. Uh, we have our Thursday night game this week. Um, by the time this is posted, you guys are going to know the result. The only interesting things going into that game, Cincinnati's favored by four, which is surprising since they just got their first win against New York. A little weird. Uh, they haven't looked great this year. Their offensive line has struggled. T. Higgins just got rocked last Sunday. Um, and then on the other side of that, though, you have Tua, who they're saying has a back and ankle injury. I thought that was more of a head injury. If you didn't see it, it was honestly scary, the way he stumbled after he got back up from getting hit. 
Um, and then you have, I believe Jalen Waddle is dealing with an ankle injury. And I think Armstead was also in the injury report as far as like big names that are potentially just could potentially be not in the game tonight. Um, another weird thing that happened today is I, I believe a student had filmed the Miami practice and released it today. So some of the plays got out there. That's interesting. Um, but other than that, I mean, Cincinnati favored by four. That's just a weird spread. I, I wouldn't touch that personally. I know this isn't a gambling podcast, but I just wouldn't touch that. I don't know. I'm not convinced, but who knows? Vegas is smarter than me. This Sunday, we have our first international game. We have Minnesota in New Orleans in London. Currently, Minnesota is favored by two and a half. Another weird spread to me. Minnesota is definitely the better team, but we'll see how they do traveling to London uh, and without Delvin Cook potentially. Um, Alexander Madison's a great backup though. So they should be able to hold strong and New Orleans just hasn't looked good. So we'll see how that goes. Our one o'clock games. We have Seattle going into Denver or Detroit. I'm sorry. Detroit is currently favored by four. Uh, that should be a winnable game for Detroit, but we'll see Cleveland going into Atlanta, Atlanta currently not favored by one. Cleveland is favored by one. We'll see how that goes with miles Garrett, uh, being hurt this week after an accident. Buffalo going to Baltimore, probably the most interesting matchup of the weekend. Uh, that should be a good game. It could be a game that's a crazy shootout. It could also be a game that you are anticipating to be a crazy shootout, and it's just a low-scoring game. I'm convinced that Buffalo is still the best team in the league despite their loss last weekend. Others' opinions may differ, but hey, Lamar Jackson has looked like an MVP this year. So I wouldn't bet against him, uh, especially the way he's playing. But Josh Allen's my dude, so I'm going to stick with that. He's been my dude since the beginning of the show. He's been my dude since he got drafted. So um, I'm going to go Buffalo there. Washington going into Dallas. Can Keeper, Cooper Rush, Cooper Cush, as others call him, uh, can he keep that win streak going against Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders? We'll see. They're currently favored to win by three. That's pretty interesting, but... You know, uh, you got to give it to him. A kid who was in a Division II school at Central Michigan to get in the league in the first place is incredible. Uh, if you guys don't know Cooper Rush in college, he probably had one of the craziest plays in college I'd ever seen or was involved in one of the craziest plays in college that I'd ever seen. It was the Bahamas Bowl a few years back where they had all those different pitches back and back and back, and they ended up winning the game. Insane. Cooper Rush was part of that. Um Let's go. Moving forward, we have the Chargers going into Houston. The Chargers currently favored by five. I don't necessarily agree with how Coach Staley is handling Justin Herbert's injury. Uh, I don't care if your player wants to stay in the game, but when you're down 38-10 and your franchise quarterback already has a rib injury, sit him. Sit him. I don't care. You're not going to win the game. Why risk it? You already have four other Pro Bowl guys on the bench, on injured reserve, whatever the case may be. You guys have time. Get healthy. Get right. Don't risk future injuries. I don't know what, uh, like Staley is a guy who's highly regarded as a coach, but he's making poor decisions out there. Last year was the aggressiveness, the fourth downs. This year he's being a little bit more conservative, but he's being a lot more aggressive with player safety. Figure it out, guys. Just figure it out. Moving on, we have Tennessee going into Indianapolis. Indianapolis, obviously, I already mentioned. They came off that big win over Kansas City. I am curious to see if they can keep the ball rolling since Tennessee and Indy really haven't looked that great this year. And frankly, Jacksonville has looked like the best team in that division so far. So we'll see how that goes. You have Chicago going into New York. The Giants. The Giants are currently favored by three. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, the Giants will probably win that game. They've surprised a lot of people this year. And Saquon's back. Let's face it, Saquon has looked like Saquon should have looked forever, but he doesn't have injuries this year, and he's got a great coach behind him. Uh, Jacksonville going into Philly. Philly currently favored by 6.5. That should be an interesting game to watch, especially since Jacksonville has seemed to overperform. 
Philly, some people might say they've overperformed. I've been calling it since last year. That's their division to lose. So that should be a more interesting matchup than it would have looked three weeks ago. You would have looked at that and said, well, Philly's going to win that game. But based on how they played against the Lions and based on how well Jacksonville has played, uh, frankly, that could be a closer game than six and a half points. Then you have the Jets going into Pittsburgh with Zach Wilson returning from injury. That should be an interesting game. Wilson should actually win that. Um, Trubisky hasn't looked great. This could be the week that maybe uh, Coach Tomlin decides, hey, Trubisky, we gave you your best shot, but we have a lot of offensive firepower here and you're just not utilizing it. Do I really think that's Trubisky's fault? Not necessarily. I think that offensive line could use some help. I think that offensive coordinator Matt Canada could be a little bit better on his play calls, utilizing, I don't know, George Pickens, the guy you drafted this year. But, hey, that's that's neither here nor there. They get paid. I don't. Arizona going into Carolina, obviously, both one-win teams. Uh, this is an important matchup for both of them. Arizona needs to get their shit together, uh, and Carolina obviously needs to get their shit together. Uh, Matt Rule is literally coaching for his job right now. Arizona, honestly, wouldn't it call the question, like, is Cliff Kingsbury coaching for his job? Potentially. I mean, they've underperformed. They've invested a lot of money into their team, and they just haven't done it. So let's see how that goes. One-and-a-half-point favorites going to Carolina in that one. Then you have New England going into Green Bay. Uh, Mac Jones actually practiced today, so there is actually a question on whether Mac Jones will play this game. I don't see it happening, but regardless, it doesn't matter. Green Bay is going to win that game. You have Denver going into Las Vegas. Las Vegas currently favored by two and a half. Uh, both of those teams need to win. Like They both need to win. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett just hasn't made good coaching decisions for Denver. That's been the story of the year. And Las Vegas just hasn't – They've. I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, Devontae Adams hasn't been utilized. Let me. Forget, I feel like people forget that Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league, probably top three behind Kittle and uh, Kelsey. I mean, if not top five, but he's definitely up there. Uh, they have the weapons, Jared Jacobs, or not Jerry Jacobs. Uh, uh, Josh Jacobs is a great running back. Uh, they have a team there, so I'm not really sure why they've struggled so much. Could it be coaching? Maybe I don't really like McDaniels as a head coach, but that's again, personal opinion, Kansas city going into Tampa Bay. That's actually listed as a pick em. That's a little bit of a surprise for me. Obviously you have Mike Evans returning from his suspension. Um, you have baby goat versus goat. Uh, so it, it should be interesting. Um, prime time. That's tough. They both have pretty, pretty good records. Prime time. I think Tom Brady struggled a little bit more on late Sunday night games as of late, especially with age. I'm sure there is a little bit more of a difference to it. So, I mean, that's up in the air. That's probably why it's a pick em. And then you have the Rams finally wrapping up the week going into San Francisco, San Francisco currently favored one and a half over the Rams. That's pretty impressive. Like I feel like the NFC West was uh, one of those. It was probably the best uh, division in the NFC, and people were really high on. They've kind of all underperformed. I get it. Trey Lance is hurt. You have the Rams coming out, starting their season one and one, and just not looking great. I think it was one and one. Did they start zero and two? They might have started. No, I'm sorry. They're two and one. I apologize. <laughs> Let me take that back a little bit. Um, but I'm pretty sure San Francisco has had McVay's number since he's been coaching. I could be completely off kilter on that. You can fact check me, but that's it. That's your week four preview. My little bit of opinions in there. I know Brad doesn't necessarily like going through every game, at least from what I can recall. If he does, then I apologize, Brad. I might be forgetting right now. Um, but that's those are my opinions right now. Um, I didn't really make picks there. I just gave you the rundown, quick little blurbs here and there. I want to keep the flow of the show going. You know what I mean? I just want to keep it moving. 
you got busy lives. I got a busy life. You guys just got to, you know, sit back. Hey, you don't need to Google. You got me here for some entertainment. All right, just enjoy it. Other than that, outside of that in the sports world, we got the NBA preseason and the NHL preseason kicking off this week. So that means we're just one month away from two new sports coming into the coming into the show. Uh, that's going to be exciting. I mean, there's a lot of good things to look forward to. Um, I really am not very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Educated, I guess you could say. And they need, I just haven't kept up with the NBA and NHL. It's not that I'm not educated on it. I just, when it's football, I'm all football. That's just the kind of person I am. NHL, I'll pay attention to more here and there. Uh, NBA, again, I'm more towards the end of the season. I'm a Pistons man. I pay attention to the Pistons, but outside of the Pistons, I don't really care. Uh, that's just me personally. I'm a casual NBA and NHL fan. Um, but other than that, that, I mean, with those coming, coming up, we obviously have the MLB playoffs kicking off. Uh, again, another thing I'm not very high on. It's not something I care about necessarily. I'll pay attention to the MLB playoffs. It's not something I like if it comes down to an MLB playoff game and a Sunday or a Thursday night game or a Monday night game or a Sunday night game in the NFL or even college football, I'm probably going to choose football. I know some people might not like that. Again, this isn't, that's just personal opinion. So, uh, yeah. In the MLB, though, we have seven teams that clinched a spot in the playoffs. We have the Dodgers who clinched the NFL, or NFL, I know it's stuck in my mind, the NL West with a first-round bye and home field advantage. Uh, the Astros clinched the AL West with a first-round bye. The Mets clinched a playoff berth. The Braves with a berth. The Yankees clinched the AL East and a first-round bye. The Guardians clinched the AL Central. And the Cardinals clinched the NL Central. Uh this is the first year that there's a 12-team field in the MLB playoffs, in case you didn't know. That's seven teams. There's five spots left. There's seven, about seven teams currently still fighting for those last few spots. I believe there's eight to ten games left for most teams. I think we're probably two weeks out from the playoffs starting. Again, fact check me on that. I am not entirely sure. But that's about it in sports this week. I mean, we have our fast break to wrap it up, but, man, that flew by. Uh, yeah. So let's just, let's just get into your favorite time of the week, guys. Fast break. Here we go. All right. For this week's first story for the fast break, we got the Czech Republic announcing that they will not allow Russian players in for the slated NHL games on October 7th and 8th between Nashville and San Jose due to the Ukrainian crisis. Following that, we have the Hurricane Ian affecting college football games, giving us more football on Sunday. A couple of those games, if you were looking out for them, I know UCF was one of them, moved to Sunday. Uh, that potential Wake Forest, Florida State might be moved to Sunday. It might be moved to another state entirely. We will see. Following that, we have Georgia Tech eyeing Deion Sanders as their new head coach after relieving Jeff Collins of his tenure. Coach Prime, if you guys weren't paying attention, has a 19-5 and five record so far with Jackson State. And this year, he's 4-0, and outscoring opponents 190-37 to 37 so far. That is pretty impressive. Um, Coach Prime, I mean, obviously, he played for the Cowboys for a while, so I don't like him for that. But uh, he's a cool guy. He's funny. Um, and, and honestly, for an NFL guy to just kind of do what he was doing for so long, be out of the league, out of football for the most part, other than announcing and just kind of be like, yeah, I'm going to coach an HBCU school to see him in a power five would be insane. At the same time, I do kind of like that. It's brought these HBCU schools into the spotlight a little bit more. I think it's, it gives these kids an opportunity to be like, Hey, like a guy like James Houston, and got drafted in the seventh round for the Lions this year. That guy might not have been highlighted if it wasn't for Deion Sanders going to the HBCU. 
HBCU players don't get drafted all that often. Sure, that could be because skill. That could be because of talent. Whatever the case may be, it could also, quite frankly, be because there's not enough people watching it. So the fact that Deion Sanders has brought this and brought it into the light, and he's the guy to do those kinds of things, I can understand why Georgia Tech's eye, and I'm like, damn, we've been struggling since Kelvin. So yeah, let's get Deion Sanders here. Following that, we had OBJ who called out the NFL for turf fields due to injuries relating to Sterling Shepard's non-contact ACL tear this past Monday. Uh, this is something that was mentioned. If you guys listen to Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers talked about it on Tuesday. It's something that there's a conversation about now. Uh, if there's statistics saying that, you know, turf fields or certain kinds of turf or whatever the case may be, like if you need to standardize indoor fields with turf, excuse me, uh, if you need to standardize turf to lessen injuries on players, I'm all for it. We're all concerned about player safety and CTE. Why shouldn't we be concerned about their knees? Um, moving on, we have Miles Garrett, who was involved in a single car accident on Monday following practice. He did not sustain any serious injuries other than his ripped shirt, a strained shoulder, and a bicep. But his his Porsche definitely did. Um, if you guys saw the, out, uh, the aftermath of that, the story goes that it was a wet road and he tried to avoid an animal in which he swerved off the road, flipped a couple of times, and then ended up kind of, if, if there's body cam footage out there where he's kind of just on the side of the road, um, it looks like he's in a tree, but it's a small tree, but his Porsche is definitely wrecked. But to think that a guy that big and such a small car just came out unscathed is pretty impressive and good on him. He might be playing, he might be playing football on Sunday. That's crazy. Like if I was in a rollover accident, there's no way in hell I'm thinking in less than a week I'm going to be on a professional football field if I was a pro player. But hey, you know what? Milo Garrett, he's a beast. Uh, so I'm sure he'll show out for his team, and I'm glad he's safe. That could have been a lot worse uh, than, than it was. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of the episode, episode 44 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Next week, I'm sure Brad will return. He will take my uh, – he'll, he'll dethrone me since I showed up for a week. Uh, not that I had a throne anyway, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully I could uh, keep that consistency and flow. Keep listening. Keep keep supporting Brad. He's really giving it his all here. I mean, the fact that he's been so consistent with it, the amount of work he puts into it, the amount of passion he has for what he does, it's it's incredible. So keep supporting him. Hats off to you, Brad, and thank you all for listening. See you next time. Peace. Peace.